I'm Kate Daniels. We have our life. It's truly a gift. So shouldn't we be treating it with some care and attention and really making the most and best of it? Dr. Gary Epler certainly thinks so. That's the way he treats his life, and he's with us this morning to help us find the way to live our best life. Dr. Gary Epler provides us with some excellent direction. His new book, Alive with Life, A Medical Doctor's Guide to Live Your Best Life. Dr. Gary Epler, good morning. It is so wonderful to have you join us this morning. Well, good morning, Kate. It's just wonderful to be here. And, you know, before we actually started this actual recording of our conversation, you told me how you began your day, and I think it is truly important and so worthwhile to share with our listeners how your day began. Well, it's just wonderful. We're out here in Boston. It's a little bit of snow still on the ground, and I went for a beautiful run over at Babson College, uh, three or four miles, and then I had uh, some yoga stretches, about 10, 15 minutes, and and some weights, uh, just a few minutes of weights. And then I jumped in the pool and did about uh, a quarter mile or a half mile swim, and I am ready to go. Wow. How much time did all of that take for you this morning? Takes an hour. It's it. You don't need more than an hour, and the little less is just not quite enough. And Joan and my wife is identical. She's off doing her Zumba. She goes for a run in the morning, and on Sundays we both go for a nice run, a six, seven-mile run. So it's an hour is about right. And this is a daily practice, is it? Every day, seven days a week. Been doing it for years, and it just gives you so much energy. I think that's the main thing it does is gives you... All this energy for the rest of the day, and it's good for stress. And there's a little, Kate, there's another little thing that can happen. You can meet your spouse. I was training for the New York Marathon uh, years ago uh, along the Charles River in Boston. I saw someone coming my other other direction. I made the U-turn, and that was Joan, uh, my future wife. And uh, <laughs> she was running, and she had her mace ready. She took a look and said, well... Okay, I'll I'll hold off. <laughs> <laughs> Let him and, say a little bit, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and the best thing that ever happened. Uh, we uh, was still we had our thirty fifth wedding anniversary over in Paris uh, a few months ago, and just uh, run together, stay together. It's just been wonderful. <laughs> that is so wonderful and romantic. And, oh yeah. <laughs> and just look at the longevity. You know, to to meet doing something that you love that is just really so positive in your life. It has carried on through, and here you are still vitally doing it. Oh, absolutely! Every day, uh, and every day gets better. And and the other the other thing about that about that uh, little little story about. We all know that falling in love, your heart rate it, it increases. It turns out the other way around, too. You increase your heart rate, you might fall in love with the person you're with. And so first dates or even any going out on a date, best thing to do is some sort of exercise. Go for a run, go for a hike, uh, go dancing, um, go kayaking. Anything to increase that heart rate, be surprised what happens. That is truly amazing. I think you might be uh, a special kind of heart doctor. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That is so wonderful. Just so many benefits here. You know, you sometimes uh, hear about or read about people who meet... 
for a drink or they they go to bars to meet potential partners. Well, that doesn't necessarily bode well for the future. So, oh boy, right? That's, yeah, that doesn't work. And even you know, spending a two or three hundred dollars for a first date dinner. Oh, gee, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, the best, go for a hike. Oh, the best thing in the world. Uh, my friend over at MIT did that, and, and sure enough, he fell in love, and they're still together. That was a couple of years ago. So uh, a hike, and, and another uh, person I know uh, who took dancing lessons, and, and sure enough, they're still married. So <laughs> Right. Something that is just so beneficial to our life in that way just kind of you know builds our health and really uh, that extra bond between each other. Yeah, it actually uh, scientifically produces uh, uh, the oxytocin. That's the bonding hormone, the so-called love hormone. And that's, that's what the science is behind it. So there's actual science. That is really amazing and so interesting because this was not an aspect of our conversation that I thought would occur. So, you know, these kind of happy circumstances are, are always like a, an added bonus. That's it. Right. That's and so... Let us mention, though, a lot of this kind of detail and and looking at our life is available in a new book that you have for us, Alive with Life, a Medical Doctor's Guide to Live Your Best Life. That's exactly it. And it's at uh, GaryEplerEPLER.com and on Amazon. And that's really what the book is about, how to live just a phenomenal life. And there's 15 elements about it, and uh, we can we can talk about those. I think you wanted to uh, talk about the uh, Luke Perry issue. Uh, well, I did, and, and actually that's how your name first came to me, is because I think we were all so shocked at this young actor, 52, but I consider that as still being young, and uh, so active in his life, and all of a sudden he has this massive stroke and doesn't recover from it. He, he dies from this stroke, so... You know, what are we to learn from this, Dr. Epler? Well, there's many, many lessons. Uh, first is I was surprised, too. I still am uh, surprised uh, in my friend's uh, workout. I said, well, he, he looked thin, he, he looked healthy, and, and he, he went into the hospital fairly healthy. Everybody said, oh, it was just some minor thing, but he died from it, and it's tragic. And the first thing is we don't know what caused his stroke. Uh, there are three uh, causes. The, the first one is an aneurysm. An aneurysm is a balloon type of uh, structure that occurs in the blood and pops and bleeds into the brain. The second one is uh, bleeding into the brain from high blood pressure. And the third is a blood clot into the brain, usually from the heart. The heart goes into what's called atrial fibrillation. It just sort of quivers. And as a result, uh, blood pools and clots and goes up to the brain. So that's that's the first thing uh, you need to know about strokes, and we don't know which one he had. And so that will come out in time. But as you said, he had this stroke. He got to the hospital, from what I understand. That's a really critical, getting medical attention very quickly. That happened. Now, here's the, the, with, with quickly, this is time is absolutely so key about strokes. And the symptoms, you have to know the symptoms. And they, the first one is usually slurred speech, acute onset. 
And the second one is a confused sort of gaze in their eyes. Uh, and you may see it at a restaurant. It may occur with a friend or it may occur uh, somewhere. Uh, and those are the first two things that happen. And it's relatively subtle, uh, but it, it can be very dramatic with total weakness of one side of the body. The face may droop, uh, and there's confusion and so forth. And so those are the symptoms. And and 911. That's the that's the answer. <laughs> you call 911 because every minute counts, and and that leads us to management. Every minute counts because with a with a, one of these aneurysms, sometimes there's a little tear and it's bleeding, and that can be stopped if you get to the hospital in time. The second one, the blood clot, is we have medicines now that will actually dissolve that clot. And if you can get someone in that hospital and get that medicine as fast as possible, actually dissolve the whole entire clot. Now, we're talking minutes <laughs> and up to two or three hours. After uh, five hours, it, it, it may not work. And so time is key. So definitely very critical things for us to embrace, remember in our own lives. And and we, I guess, don't know necessarily how that all factored into Luke Perry's situation, but it sounded like, you know, time was right there that he got, uh, 911 was called, he got to the hospital. But there must be degrees of strokes, strokes. Is it that there are larger clots, perhaps, that occur and, and too much bleeding that goes on? This is exactly what, ha- what, what can happen. Uh, first, the clot, uh, can we have another clot. Uh, that, that can happen, and a bigger clot, and it just, it's just too much. It's just massive. And the second one, there can be more bleeding. Those are the two common, uh, common causes of, of progression. But that, uh, that leads, then, to the third type of stroke. We talked about the, 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 the aneurysm, and we talked about the blood clot. The third type is hemorrhage. That's bleeding into the uh, brain, and it can be caused by high blood pressure or a fall, a traumatic fall. And the main thing with those strokes is the rehabilitation. What you do after the stroke occurs is absolutely uh, save people's lives, and that's called rehabilitation. It has to be very intense, three times a day, one hour, three times a day, beginning day one. It's very painful, very tedious, but it can return people back to society and lead an independent life. If you let three weeks go after a stroke and do nothing, that person will be uh, maybe totally disabled for the rest of their life. And I dare to say that perhaps um, in the past, and that might even be like 20 years or so ago when stroke occurred, that maybe bed rest was recommended rather oh. than the rehab, oh. right? Oh, <laughs> you're, you're it's interesting. You're absolutely right. That's the worst thing you can do. <laughs> that's, that's the worst thing. Uh, in bed rest, yeah, that's interesting. You're right. But sometimes <clears throat> we really don't, know the right thing to do, and, and, and certainly rehab is phenomenal. 
So rehab is the thing to do. But I think there used to be an idea that even after surgery, people would need to stay in the hospital for longer periods of time. Now it's like, you know, come on, let's get this done and let's get back living life, get back on track again. I mean, with some moderation, for sure, but right. And that's true. And is what that uh, I've learned recently, it's called the stress recovery response. And stress in our life, it's it's actually good. If you don't stress things, if you don't stress your muscles, if you don't stress your brain, they atrophy and just go away. (laughs) But it's the recovery that is key. For every amount of stress, you need the equal amount of recovery. For example, physically, if you use your biceps, then you have to train your triceps. If you use your quads for an exercise, then you've got to do the same amount on your hamstrings. And emotionally, if you have, <clears throat> you have anger or, or uh, let's say, uh, a, a loss, uh, a sadness, that has to be replaced. Sadness means you've lost something. Well, then you have to get something and replace that. And, and so it's sort of a, a stress recovery response. And the same with surgery. Surgery is a giant stress. And so you need to do the opposite. And you have to move because you're absolutely doing nothing during surgery. And so that's, that's the key behind that, uh, getting up and moving. It's called the stress recovery response. Very interesting and, and vital information for us. And being in a great routine, great habits that you have already instituted in your life by having your fitness routine one hour every morning, seven days a week, certainly puts you in good stead. Say you needed to have surgery for something, then you you already have that conditioning down pat. Oh, that's phenomenal. Absolutely true. I mean, it, it just recovery is easy. The surgery goes smoother. Everything is just better. Uh, there's just no question if you're well conditioned going into something like that. Now, they, so we we've got this. We've talked about those three causes. We've talked about the symptoms, and we've got, talked about how to manage prevention, stroke prevention. Yes. That's that's where the book comes in. That's that's why I wrote this book. Is is prevention? It's a lifestyle book. Uh, this alive with life, and there's the, the three basic ones, the three uh, big ones we all know about, and it's eating, sleeping, and exercise. <laughs> those those are the big preventive measures for strokes, and and nutrition. The way I approach nutrition, my formula is this: you need to eat the right food in the right amount, at the right time, prepared in a healthy manner. That's the formula. The troubles, the the two issues, the two big issues, are what are the right foods and what's the right amount. So those those, those, those are what you need to work on. That's what I work on every day. (laughs) I work on these things. Let's start with the right foods. The right foods are foods that do not harm us. Uh, and foods, by mean, I mean by harming us, cause inflammation. Foods cause inflammation. Too much of certain types of foods will cause inflammation. Inflammation, of course, causes heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, stress.
strokes, and even cancer. So that's going back to beginning is foods that do not cause inflammation. So what are those foods? Foods without added sugar. Sugar is probably the number one cause of inflammation. Foods without added sugar. You get plenty of sugar in foods, vegetables, fruit, uh, everything has sugar in it. But it's just the added sugar is, is, is too much for the, for the system to handle, and it results in inflammation. The next one is foods without added salt. That's the same thing. And then the third one is foods without what I call processed omega-6 fats. These are processed fats and they cause inflammation in the arteries. So there, that's the formula for nutrition. And it's, now, this seems if we would focus on making one change in our lives because inflammation is so detrimental that we could really alleviate a lot of issues, health issues in our life by making these changes with the foods we eat. That's it, it really is. We could live to 140 years old, starting as an infant, if that infant had no foods, but had added sugar, added salt, and, and no processed omega-6, 140 years. And, and nutrition is by far uh, the biggest, uh, uh, can be the biggest benefit uh, of, of all these lifestyle changes. And uh, th- th- now that second one, quantity, Quantity is hard. That's difficult. We have been conditioned to clean our plates. At 18 years old, you can clean that plate. You can even double. You can have whatever, and it's burned up by the time you leave the table. Not at age 40. It it only requires half that. And and, and it just it's, it's psychologically we've been conditioned to clean the plate. You clean the plate at age 40 you're going to gain some weight. It's just the way it is. And, and, and the way to get around that, small plates and don't eat seconds. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah, it works. Uh, that's the one I struggle with of all these things, is, is, is uh, eating the right foods. I, I know what foods to, write, to eat. I, I try to eat all those foods without added sugar and added salt, but it is almost impossible Ninety percent of the foods in the grocery store have one of those added salt or added sugar, ketchup, uh, everything. Everything has has some salt and sugar in it, and uh, and so it's really kind of difficult. Uh, and the quantity, oh my goodness, it's just hard. It's hard not to, you know, eat a little bit too much uh, at, at dinner or something like that. And and so you really you have to use the subconscious mind and condition your mind to, to, uh, to, uh, to fix the problem. Willpower is not enough. All of these are just so, such important direction and encouragement for our, our lifestyle. And when you were talking about uh, going to the grocery store and, and the shopping for the right foods, uh, I've heard it said, like, avoid the center part of the store. Stay on the periphery, right? That works. <laughs> yeah, process, anything in a box. I mean, anything with a barcode. <laughs> it's going it's to have some processed uh, omega, uh, omega-6. It's going to have salt. <laughs> it's just 
sugar. It's crazy. You don't need to have all these things in there. I, I don't know why they're added. Well, I do know why they're added. They're added because we've been conditioned. We have been conditioned to, to uh, uh, sweet, sour, and sugar. It's just, and fat. It's just, we love that. And, and for example, you, you take a, a little chocolate and put the peanut butter and put those things in a little pad. I know, that's just the perfect combination of salt, sugar, uh, and, and fat, and, and, and they're delicious. <laughs> and it's because we've been conditioned that way. I mean, and so we really have to uh, decondition ourselves. And, and the result is, by conditioning ourselves, we're going to prevent some of these serious oh, health issues. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Not only that, but prevent these, but now you're going to live a life... All, a ton of energy. You're going to have lots of energy, the creativity. You're going to be able to uh, to have these wonderful experiences. And what I always like, you're going to be able to to be with extraordinary people. And and that's and all of just all of this will give you the energy to do that. That's that's why nutrition is so important. I want to hit one more before we go, and that's yes. sleep. Remember, I said eat, sleep, and exercise. Those are the big three. Sleep. You need eight hours. Eight, you need eight hours. <laughs> Are you saying that to me personally? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm, I'm really telling because uh, I because guys come up to me and brag about, hey, I only need six, and, and, and women will say, oh, gee, I, I can't get eight hours. It's impossible. But you need eight, and here's the reason: two reasons. Sleep is for the brain. Sleep has nothing to do with relaxing muscles. Muscles are fine; they don't need any relaxation. It's only for the brain. And the brain uh, uses up, it's called adenosine. It's an energy chemical. It's what your brain uses to go through the day. And it gets all used up by the end of the day. You need eight hours to get it back up to the level for the next day. Six is not enough. You won't have enough adenosine left up there. So that's number one. Number two, which is amazing, I just heard about recently, we need. I'm no. We all know about REM sleep. That's that rapid eye movement sleep, the dream sleep, and so forth. We need that. We need about two hours. The two hours all occur during the last eight two hours of the eight hour sleep. So six to eight hours is when that happens. So if you only get six hours, you don't get the REM sleep. And here's what REM sleep does: it makes us human. It brings the human qualities to us human qualities of empathy, kindness, and love. And there you go. If you don't have REM sleep, Kate, what do you think you have if you don't have REM sleep? How are you going to act? There could be a lot of anger. You could right? be angry. Yes. And be cranky and and short-tempered. And this and if you know somebody that's had sleep deprivation, they, they, they're just, they're, they're, they're upset. <laughs> they're quick-tempered, and, and they can even be mean. And, and it's all from sleep deprivation. And it really, it turns out, it's from not getting enough of that REM sleep. So there you are, eight hours. I really feel like you're talking directly to me. Oh, no. I'm not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I say that a little tongue-in-cheek because I, I know I personally have a challenge with that, and I think a lot of our society does. We, you know, we're just kind of running too fast. 
Oh, well, I think one, well, there's lots of reasons. One is I think, I think people think of sleep as something bad. Oh, I got one third of my life I'm going to sleep. That's such a waste. I want, I want to have more time to do this and do that and go, like you just said, run, run, run. Oh, sleep is fantastic. It's the best thing in the world. You, and, and, and that's the way to approach it. And you need the eight hours. And you just set the clock, whatever it is, at, at, at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, at 8 and get up, just no matter what happens. And, and then that's, it works. It works for me. I mean, it's just been phenomenal. I've been in for years, and my wife, Joan, uh, same way. So is that a conditioning? Is it possible? Because sometimes I feel like I, I can't sleep the eight hours. I'm, I'm waking up partway through that. Oh, oh here's the story. We, uh, we wake up uh, three times a night. It's called the normal cycle. We uh, sleep in 90-minute cycles, so oh. one, one and a half hours. And it, we, go, we start, we go deep, 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 deep down into uh, 15 minutes of what's called delta sleep. And then we go back up to REM, and then we go back down to the, and three times a night. And so when you go up to REM, you sometimes wake up. That's normal. Now, you can, people can say, I'm going to condition myself to sleep six hours. You can do that. Uh, and the problem is you're running at about 60% of your capability, but beside that, you can condition yourself. And then when that happens, it, to try to sleep eight hours is going to take maybe a year to get reconditioned because your body is used to that six. And, and so there is, it, it, there's kind of a withdrawal. It's become habitual and it's become a habit and the body is adjusted to that six hours. And so it's going to take uh, a, a while to get back up to the eight hours. And the thing is, all of these interrelated are going to give us this vibrant life that Absolutely. we right we want to live. Oh. oh, it's fantastic! That's the book. That's the book. And those are just three. And, and, and then there's the other one I like is the uh, meditation. I call it alpha brainwave time. But it's daydreaming. You need to do that about ten, fifteen minutes a day. Nothing fancy. You don't have to sit in this goofy <laughs> lotus position or whatever. It is. I can't do that. Too hyper. Uh, but you can do it with your eyes open uh, for a hike or a treadmill or a walk or anything. But 10, 15 minutes, it's, it's really helpful. And the other one is self-healing. There's a lot we can do with self-healing uh, from injury and from disease and, and, and manage, manage it. Even with, with awful diseases, with cancer, with heart disease, just manage it is all you need to do. You may not be able to cure it. If you can manage it, you can live your life. And so that's... uh, And when you say manage it, this is very intriguing. To manage with cancer, is that adapting to uh, how to make it, you know, the conditions there, you make it just fit into your life? Well, it's it's part of self-healing. Self-healing has a positive approach to it. It's a cancer. It's not you. (laughs) You have to have compassion for yourself. That's a positive approach to it. And then secondly is breathing technique. There's four or five different breathing techniques. There's a calming effect. And that, that, that helps kind of manage this situation. And the third one is visualization. You can visualize the cancer cells uh, disappearing and, and these kind of things. Whether these things work or not, I'm not sure, but it does produce a calming effect. Uh, but the main thing is is to... Uh, 
not talk about it all the time mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and approach it in a positive way uh, and, 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 uh, and, and the medications that are, are used uh, just supplement those medications with your, your with your positive approach uh, and and you're in charge you can't let that disease be in charge of you and that, that's called managing it fascinating just so critically important and beneficial, uh, all adding up to our being able to live our best life. That's it. That's our best life. Oh, Dr. Epler, it's been so wonderful to spend this time with you. Uh, You know, just thinking that it started with looking at this harsh stroke that took away Luke Perry's life, but, you know, helping us to get a better insight and a better understanding of what we can do to live our best life. Oh, that's for sure. And there's a lot of things we didn't talk about. Happiness, for example. Happiness, it's an inside job. And we create our own happiness. And the way to start the day is with a positive outlook. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the day of what brings it to you. Because we can't control what's going to happen to the day. We have no idea what's going to happen. We may think we have little things scheduled and all this, but you really don't have any control the more you try to control the day, the worse it's going to get. Just enjoy the day. Enjoy the positive parts of the day. And it, and it brings lots of happiness. So appropriate. What a great note to end on, except to say, visit your website and we can get our copy of the book and find out all the other elements and really live well. That's it. That's it, Kate. GaryEppler.com. That'll work. Perfect. Well, this has been a wonderful beginning to our day. Thank you so greatly for your passion and commitment and spending this time with us this morning. Well, it's my pleasure. Just wonderful talking with you today, Kate. Likewise. Thank you.